everyone. Welcome back to the latest episode of The Roarcast. I'm Mike Kowalski, joined by Kyle Matrician, and back with us again, Megan Roas. Great to have you back, bro. I'm back and better, guys. Happy Giving Day. Happy I, I missed day. The Giving Day. Giving oh, day we're not was, we're not uh, posting on Giving Day. What's well, okay? Giving Day was this past day. Wednesday. Big success. Giving Day. No, happy looking giving into day. the future right yeah. now, and it's been a yeah. huge success. Giving Day was <laughs> phenomenal. Thank you to everybody. Thanks to all of our donors. You did a great job this year. Aurora's won. Keep it up throughout the year. But I'm back. How's everyone doing? Doing good. Like we said, it's a, it's a field hockey takeover episode. We hope you've been enjoying all of our takeover weeks and watching uh, all the content we're putting out on Go Columbia Lions on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, good, co- you know, the team. We talked to them about you know how they've been building and they won two games against ranked opponents last season and probably would have been in contention to compete for an Ivy league championship and uh, NCAA tournament spot before the fall season was postponed. We'll say for now uh, for, due to the pandemic. So good to catch up with them. I'm happy that we were interview- able to interview Katie prior to interviewing them because I felt like we knew what they were sort of doing, even though they didn't know that we knew. They didn't know that we knew that they know. That, that, that I know that <laughs> yeah, they, know. they know. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. when she was on, she talked a lot about, like, building culture and, like, her plans and, like, all the Google Sheets and Docs that she uses, which is, like, kind of funny to hear them pretty much reiterate that. And we had our first hot take, so stay tuned for we that. We did. I, I went out on a limb, so you have to listen beyond the break. Shameless plug right there. Shameless plug. That's yeah. called a drop, you know. Like, that's what we're going to go with. I didn't know you were gonna you were gonna you were gonna give us one. This you know I I went back and forth on it and I just went for it. All right, Kyle, bring us back here and finish it finish it out. I don't know if I can. All right, then I'll do it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, we talked about a lot of stuff. You probably didn't hear half of it. We have. I'm gonna be honest. We struggled through this open, so we're just. Oh, don't it. tell them that. Don't tell. No, them. we're showing vulnerability. That that's, that's leadership. That's, that's leadership. That's leadership right there. Is it? So yeah, hundred percent. So we're gonna we're gonna go toss it to break. We're gonna get things in order, and we're gonna talk to Bella Collins and Alana Palomino from Field Hockey. So stick around. During my time at Columbia, the incredible support from the university, alumni, and parents has helped us make great strides in the resources we've been able to provide our student athletes in and out of competition. We do not want to lose that momentum during this unprecedented year. With that in mind, I'm excited to announce the launch of the One Roar campaign for athletics. For this year only, the One Roar Fund will replace all sports-specific fundraising. By bringing our alumni and parent communities together, we can truly do something exceptional for past, present, and future Columbia Lions. In these times where reduced revenues and increased fiscal pressure are the new normal, the money raised during this campaign will support each of our 700 plus student athletes from all 31 sport programs, as well as the administrative units that support our teams. Your past investments in our athletic programs have been critical to our success, and I hope we can rely upon you to help our entire department through these challenging times. Be safe and go Lions. For more information and to make a gift, please visit GoColumbiaLions.com backslash one roar. We all know what comes with being a fan, the ups, the downs, and everything in between. Share a Coke with a friend. Coca-Cola, the official beverage of the Columbia Lions. 
At Athletic Brewing Company, we've built America's first craft non-alcoholic brewery. We've created a lineup of award-winning non-alcoholic beers. Our beers are made with organic grains and start at only 50 calories. Athletic beers are perfect for anyone who loves being healthy and active, but also loves to enjoy great-tasting beer with friends. To give us a try, go to athleticbrewingcompany.com and use code ATHLETIC20 for 20% off your first order. Welcome back. We are joined by Bella Collins and Alana Palomino from the field hockey team. Uh, we hope to be joined by Jamie McCormick later on in the show, so you'll see her pop up in the Zoom at some point. But first of all, Alana and Bella, thanks for joining us today. Of course. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. So we're talking on Giving Day. It's a big day for Columbia. We talked about it last week with the members of the athletic development team. Uh, what are you guys doing today? Are you guys doing some outreach, doing some stuff on social media? This entire Giving Day um, week has been a lot about alumni outreach. Uh, we really appreciate our alumni network. Um, they've set up the team that we have today and we're, we're very appreciative of it. So we have been reaching out to past players, specifically our former jersey wearers, our jersey numbers. Um, you know, getting them involved, trying to get them back sort of uh, in the groove of CUFH and everything. So it's been great to, to reach out to past generations, both near and far. So that's why Sam asked me to get out all the jersey numbers. I got an email from her a couple of weeks ago. So now it's good to see why that, all that coming to fruition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a cool connection this year um, to, to really reach out to people that, you know, formerly were wearing your jersey, whether this, it was the same one or not. Um, and connecting through that way. So we're excited about it. Um, we've had good um, responses so far. And so we're excited to see where the day takes us. Bella, you're joining us from Boston, correct? So originally from Boston, but Alana and I are actually now two rooms apart from each other. We're roommates in New York. Um, oh, very nice. So that's where I was going to get to because, you know, some people are home, some people are on campus, some people are, you know, completely different places, but together. So why don't you talk about that? Yeah, so when we heard the news that we wouldn't necessarily be brought back onto campus, um, Alana and I and our other roommate, who's also on field hockey, um, we all wanted to come back to the city because at the, that point there was a hope that we could potentially practice in person with the team. Um, so we came back, got an apartment together a couple streets off campus, and it's been a blast. Um, love living with Alana. I somehow managed to con her into agreeing to do that. Uh, don't know how that one worked out, but it's been a lot of fun. Great way to study, bring back a little bit of normalcy into our lives given the situation. Are you both at home right now? Yes, yeah. So I don't know if you noticed, but our closets and the storage area above it um, look the same. Um, but yeah, she's on two rooms apart. So um, our roommate is also in between us, but um, still close because it is a small New York City apartment. So I can hear Bella from <laughs> a couple of rooms over even though she's on the other side. So. Um, yeah, nice and nice and cozy over here. I thought you were about to tell us that when you uh, opened that door that we'd be able to see Bella and vice versa. I thought you were going to do it <laughs> for us. I was about to say, I've never seen that, that little door up there. It's pretty great. I have, I've shoved all my suitcases up there, a bunch of other stuff that you know, storage space is lacking. Obviously it's New York. Um, so it's been great. You can put anything, anything up there. It doesn't have to be organized either because nobody sees it. Nobody's open yeah. to that. <laughs> 
Did you guys have to fight over the biggest room or are they all the same size? They're, they're pretty much the same. Um, we saw it, we, we rented the place sight unseen. So we were sort of drawing straws, picking at random when we were deciding rooms, because um, we're also first floor ground facing. So that has some interesting uh, living qualities as well, but it's worked out. Everything's pretty, pretty great. Nice. First floor ground facing. So when you walk in, you're like in your apartment. Oh yeah, number one door. <laughs> Right there. Been out of at least. But. I'm a fifth floor walk up. I don't know what I would prefer, but five flights is rough. I was gonna say that's a lot of stairs every day. Just a lot. Just I mean, the, the move in, move out process was much easier for them than it probably was. For yeah, you. yeah. Hmm. Don't want to do that again. <laughs> so terrible. <laughs> Getting all the insights of New York City living on the yeah. this week. Yeah. So I guess let's turn it back to field hockey a little bit. Uh, a lot of steps made with the program the last few years. Uh, coaching change when Caroline Nelson-Nichols took the head coaching job with Team USA, transitioning to Katie DeSantis. How excited were you when you found out that Katie was promoted to head coach after spending the last few years with her as an assistant? It was definitely very exciting um, when we got on that initial call. Um, you know, well-deserved. Um, we developed obviously a relationship with her over the years, um, being rising juniors, juniors when we found out. So it was um, definitely exciting. Um, you know, the nerves of, of meeting a new, co a completely new coach um, was erased from the equation. Um, but we were excited to see her step into this new role and obviously um, had the chance to work with her a bunch before. And so we were excited about this, um, you know, this opportunity for her and for the team. Kitty is the true embodiment of the spirit of Columbia field hockey. You know, former player herself decided to come back after um, graduating and took on a, a, the assistant role and really led the team from there. Um, and then, you know, has taken over the team and has been absolutely fantastic, especially during this time when, you know, we're not all together. We're on this weird Zoom sort of platform and she's just led us just led us so well um, over the past couple months, really making an effort to to build the team culture that we we have developed over the past few years and continue that projection with our, our incoming freshmen. I know this year is like not the same at all, um, but is there things that she's keeping tradition-wise that you guys have like sort of built on and then things that she's completely changing or is it Aside from everything being online, like that's obviously very different. We don't love that. But are there like tradition-wise culture things that she's building off or is it kind of like shifting to a new era? So I, we've definitely built on a lot of the things that we've developed as a team, mainly with our, our culture and specifically like our, our standards, sort of what we, the qualities that we want to embody as a team. Um, so she's made a, a really strong effort and has done a fantastic job of uh, clarifying sort of what we want to stand for, um, what we're going to be as a group of people. Forget field hockey, just who do we want to be as, as um, female athletes? And she's really strengthened that, really made that a priority because even though we might not be on the field together, you can always sort of live these standards on a day to day. You don't have to be out uh, with a stick in your hand out on the turf. Last year, with the two wins over ranked opponents, you guys were making strides in the right direction. 
So while it is a little disappointing, well, not a little, but it's probably very disappointing you're not out there this fall, um, what are you guys working on either physically or mentally to try to make sure you're prepared for whenever you do get that call to kind of keep the ball moving in the right direction? Um, go ahead. Why don't I want to start on this one? Oh, um, yeah. So basically we've still um, maintained a, a similar level of communication as if we were to be in season right now. And so we've like had individual meetings. What we, can we control basically on an individual level, um, regardless of where you are, what kind of surface you have um, and making sure that you're making strides in your like individual development for the time. And the great thing is that there's so many people in the city right now. And so we're able to connect um, and coordinate schedules to work together and still um, be able to work on things as, as a team and try to get as much game-like play as we can um, for the time being so that when we do return together, um, you know, people from all over, we had some teammates from in Ireland training um, and here in New York City training and back home training. And so I think there's going to be um, a lot of growth from different people with different perspectives. And I think it'll be really interesting to come together and when we finally are able to and play and, um, you know, it's, it's not the exact same, but I think that everybody is still, um, you know, having hope that we, when we are able to return, hopefully soon that, um, you know, we'll be able to pick up sort of from where we left off with a newfound, um, you know, just being excited about playing again and having the opportunity to go after it. I don't want to give any, well, a little bit of a spoiler alert, but how excited is it? You know, some of your teammates are not enrolled right now. We're not going to name names or anything like that, but how excited is that to have some of this core back, you know, that you thought you might not have next year when you, when hopefully you're able to get back out there. I'm psyched. Um, a lot of our leadership, so what would have been our senior class this year on the field, uh, a part of them have decided to stay back and, and I just think they're, they're really going to drive for this energy that we had last season into next season or whenever we next step on the field. Um, everyone's really, really excited to have that. I'm going to, I'm going to, Ro, I'm going to do the first, uh, do a first on this podcast. I'm going to give up my first hot take. Oh, are we ready for this? And you guys don't have to I comment on it. I just, I said, I told Kyle before I was going to do it. I'm going to go out of limb. You guys will be in an NCAA tournament within the next two years. I'm guaranteeing oh. it. You guys don't have to say anything, but like the way everything's going, um, I'm putting it on the record, just like Kyle last week with his giving day pledge. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going on the record and I'm going to say, you guys are going to get there. You've been knocking on the door and it's going to happen. So this team's been a lot of fun to watch. Um, like I said, you can see the strides every year. They're getting closer, getting those two wins over BU and Maine last year. Let's go back into those, you know, so I don't put you guys on the spot and you guys don't have to chime in and, you know, give chalkboard material to bulletin board material to the rest of the league or any <laughs> opponents you end up facing. But uh, what was the, did you guys have a good feeling going into those games because, again, you played some ranked teams beforehand, lost some one-goal games. What was it like getting over the hump for both of you? I think we went into it. We, we've talked a lot about this on the team as ourselves. When we go into it with no expectations, like, we were the underdogs. We went into it knowing that. Um, 
we played like we had nothing to lose because we didn't because we we on paper were not the favored party um and when we just played with that energy and that spirit it it we made it happen we were able to put the goals in the back of the net that that brought us the wins and I think it kind of shocked the league and, and shocked honestly the division because nobody nobody saw that coming except I think we really felt it and we were able to make it happen Alana, I want to talk a little bit about your story. You're a Barnard student. Um, how did you, your path to the, the team, I think, was a little bit different. You, you had to try out as a walk-on, right? So walk us through that experience and what it was like to, to find out you were going to be part of the team and, and how your roles kind of expanded throughout the years. Yeah, so, um, you know, I applied um, regular decision to Barnard. Um, Previously, I um, maintained some sort of communication with um, Caroline as our formal, former coach. I had met her at a camp my sophomore year of high school. And um, at the time, uh, you know, I wasn't um, somebody that she was necessarily looking at to recruit, um, but she had told me at that camp that if I had the opportunity to apply to the school and get in and on my own merit that I could have a potential opportunity to walk, try out and walk on to the team. And so kind of held that with me um, going through um, the senior year. And when I applied to Barnard and got in, um, I had reached back out to Caroline and I said, hey, remember me? Um, you know, didn't really know what to expect completely. Um, but she said, of course, you know, um, we have a camp every summer um, that you can come and, and a lot of the incomings will be there um, and you can come and essentially try out and we can move from there and see, you know, sort of how you fit in with the team now. And so I came out, um, that was the first time um, I had met Bella at that camp, um, likewise all the other incomings and um, got the opportunity to get my first like phase of trying out with the team there um, in which I was invited back to um, try out further during preseason um, and so the, the first two weeks before school had started before we got our season going um, I was still on the team as a, on a trial basis and um, um, at the end of preseason um, she had let me know that I had a spot on the team so I was super grateful for it um, and yeah, I've, it's definitely um, something that I'm glad that, you know, I had met Caroline previously, had the opportunity to um, sort of reconnect with her later on once I had gotten into Barnard. And um, yeah, and ever since we had a, another walk on last year from Barnard as well. Um, and um, yeah, hope to get more people from Barnard um, looking to try out. Um, looking to get recruited maybe through Barnard. So um, yeah, everything's been pretty good. Let's stick with it one more time. Just talk about the, the Barnard experience. We try to do try, talk about that with all the Barnard students we have on here and how is it, you know, you hear a lot of similarities and things like that, but walk us through that and uh, what it's been like for you uh, going to Barnard and what they offer. Yeah, so there's, I believe something like 40 Barnard student athletes, a lot of them um, are on the crew teams. Um, I know that there's a few on other teams dispersed throughout different programs. And it's a really, you know, it's a community within the athletics community that I think is very special in the fact that we all have a similar um, academic experience. Um, there's slight variations in between um, 
Columbia's core and Barnard's foundations and um, having that sort of small subset of community within the athletics community has been super beneficial. Um, you know, we've developed meaningful relationships with faculty through being Barnard student athletes. Um, and I think that um, it definitely provides a sort of different perspective coming, you know, going back to Barnard and having um, the experience at a women's college, but then also being connected to Columbia and the greater resources there and through the athletics community. And so um, everything from both sides has been like an enrich enriching experience. Uh, does the relationship you have with the Barnard student athletes that obviously aren't on the field hockey team, um, do you feel like, like that's like a much closer relationship than you would have like obviously um, not to, not that it's a bad thing to be, you know, part of Columbia or Columbia College, but do you, do you all like have a relation, like a much closer relationship with each other than you normally would have? Yeah, just, um, I would say like, for example, first semester, um, freshman year, I initially had, you know, I didn't have classes with any of my teammates at the time because I was taking a lot of Barnard um, core courses, essentially our foundations. And so my first year writing class, um, I was, um, I had another Barnard student athlete in my, in my class and we immediately connected over our experience, you know, just living on the other side of 116 and, um, you know, taking classes that we couldn't necessarily relate um, to people that were taking classes in the core and, um, you know, just the whole experience of we came to, you know, primarily a women's liberal arts college versus people that go to Columbia choose to a more co-ed experience. Um, but I think that, you know, because the two institutions are so intermixed that you still get both perspectives. And so, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say that my relationship necessarily is stronger or um, with a Barnard student athlete, but I do think that, you know, we do have a, a, di a different level of connection because of the classes, because of why we chose the school that we chose to go to um, over CC and Cs. Last question on Barnard before we hop off the topic. Um, can you tell us your, you know, exactly like why you chose uh, Barnard College when you were like looking for colleges to apply to and stuff like that? Yeah, I specifically chose Barnard because um, I initially had not applied to any other women's colleges. Um, and that wasn't my initial, um, you know, I, I had no experience with specifically um, single gender colleges. And so I um, applied to Barnard um, because of the, of the, the support um, I love the smaller class sizes for the most part um, and the resources with Beyond Barnard. Um, everybody there has been phenomenal from day one with really um, trying to generate meaningful relationships and I felt like the smaller setting was going to help me be more successful. Um, personally, I felt like the ability to have a smaller class size would allow me to develop deeper relationships with the professors and the faculty members that I've been in contact with since um, coming to Barnard and it has. And so um, that's been a really great part of my experience. JAG One Physical Therapy is a proud partner of the Columbia Lions. With state-of-the-art rehabilitation equipment and facilities allow us to develop a specific plan catered to each patient. The JAG-1 team proudly serves the tri-state area with facilities throughout Manhattan, 
Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, Westchester, Long Island, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. We're here for you. Get back the life you love. Visit www.jag1pt.com. That's J-A-G-O-N-E-P-T.com for more information. New York Presbyterian Hospital is one of the nation's most comprehensive, integrated academic health care delivery systems dedicated to providing the highest quality, most compassionate care and service to patients in the New York metropolitan area, nationally and throughout the globe. New York Presbyterian is consistently recognized as a leader in medical education, groundbreaking research, and innovative patient-centered clinical care. Ranked number one in the New York metropolitan area by U.S. News and World Report and repeatedly named to the honor roll of America's best hospitals, New York Presbyterian has 10 locations in the metropolitan area. For more information, visit nyp.org today. One of the things we talked to Katie about when she was on was the team culture and how it's built throughout the years. What's it been like that? What's it been like from your perspectives, uh, seeing how that's grown the last couple of years and how it's, you think it's paid transition to what, what's happened on the field. Like we talked about earlier before. Um, our last year's seniors. So most recent alumni were such huge drivers of our team culture, which is one of inclusion and um, hard work. And honestly, it's, it's like a true family environment. Um, I always say that Columbia Field Hockey has become my, my family away from home. So whenever I'm here, they are my family. Uh, and the, the rapport that we have off the field translates directly onto the field. Um, not only just in, in friendliness and happiness and we're all excited to be out there, but also like we, we have certain uh, expectations of hard work and dedication that we all love to give. And that uh, directly translates to um, how we perform out there on the field together. What are you guys doing like weekly? Like, can you guys take us through what, is it a team Zoom? Are you broken up into groups? Like how is the week broken up with uh, the situation that we're in right now? Yeah, so we'll have pretty often um, weekly team meetings where, you know, we'll start out by um, playing a game, trivia, something fun, um, something that just kind of gets everybody talking in the group. And then, um, you know, eventually, like sometimes we'll also have like breakout rooms with teammates that we are not necessarily connected with um, physically, like the people that are not in New York City or are meeting with people that are in their hometown or people that are in Ireland, et cetera. Um, and so we're staying connected through there. Um, and we have a pretty active group chat and we're always um, giving each other updates through it. And I think that um, we're still trying to maintain this sort of you know, we can share everything about our lives. We have that same, like that level of comfortability. Um, and I think that it's, um, you know, the barriers that come with being far haven't been um, so hard to continue that um, team culture that we've developed over the years. How have, you, how have you integrated the first years into the mix in this environment too? We've talked to, you know, some of them in various virtual forums and things like that. How strange has it been getting to know them in this in this environment and how are you kind of compensating with everything? 
So before we even knew that we were virtual, this is just something that, that Columbia Field Hockey does. Um, beginning of the summer, upperclassmen are assigned uh, lowerclassmen as sort of like, a, we call it a linked lion, but it's like a, a buddy system essentially where we get paired and we can just answer, uh, the upperclassmen can just answer any question that any freshman may have. On top of that, we also have accountability groups. Um, and Alana and I are in the same one with one of our current freshmen as well who we've developed a, a pretty close relationship with. Um, her name's Sarah, despite, I don't think I've ever actually met her in person. All of our communication has been online um, through Zoom and text. So we've been bringing them into the mix in that way. Uh, we also have two freshmen that are currently here in New York with us. So we've had the opportunity to meet up in person and even play with them um, in uh, our little unofficial practices out, out on the park. Nice. I can say, you know, I haven't seen them as a group yet, but knowing with what you you potentially will be bringing back next year, and when we were in the process of interviewing the head coach candidates, I was I served on the committee. Like everybody was really excited about the class you guys were bringing in from a talent standpoint. Like that was a huge draw to the position. So I mean, it was a great pool. It's great to see Katie get the position, but it just shows you again you know, with the talent returning and then what's coming in and then potentially you'll have even more coming in with another class next year. So again, we talked about it before, Kyle, you missed it while you're kind of taking a call. I did drop my hot take. Um, I missed the hot take. Segment. Missed the hot take. Yeah. Um, but um, it, it should be an exciting uh, future for Columbia field hockey coming up. I'll have to listen to the podcast to see what the response was. You mean you don't listen already? I'll just make sure I listen to this one. <laughs> All right, so let's lighten things up a little bit and switch gears. Um, I think for for me, I've kind of gone through phases of things I've tried to do during quarantine, pick up new hobbies or talents or something. Have you gone through any phases? Has anything stuck? Like I started by like, I did some baking. I've been running, which I've stuck with. I tried playing my guitar more, which hasn't stuck. And I tried I like rollerblading and I stopped rollerblading. So what have you guys gone through uh, through the quarantine, how, what phase are you in now and what is, what is stuck for you? I tried to, I did some baking. I tried some cooking. Um, that was at home. So I was still relying on my mother to cook me dinner. And I <laughs> appreciate that more than ever right now because living on my own right now, no, no dining halls, no John Jay, no nothing. I've had to cook for myself and it's been awful. I am such a bad cook and I've, I've tried following recipes. I've tried everything. I just, I can't do it. So I've that I mean it's stuck because I have to eat, but it's not. Gotta going try. Well. You gotta try the. Uh, we do the Hello Fresh meals. I know there's other ones too. Have you tried those? I haven't. I, it amazing. might be worth it. It's amazing. I, I, no, you literally you get the recipe card in the box. Like say you get two or three meals a week, they send you the recipe cards, and they send you a bag that has every single thing you need for the recipe in the bag, and then also the meat on the side that you put in the fridge or whatever, and then That's like perfect. you literally. I, well, I don't want to say you can't screw it up because we've definitely screwed it up, but like they try to make it as idiot proof as possible. That's, a, that's exactly <laughs> what I mean. Alana, Alana can attest to this. I just... was actually going to say that I think I've seen some notable improvements to Bella's cooking <laughs> in here. And I think it's, um, you know, because I'm just a master chef in the kitchen. Um, <laughs> I'm not, but um, I think we all try to, we always, we're always saying that we need to figure out 
how to one season our foods because salt and pepper is not a seasoning (laughs) (laughs) and that's um pretty much what we started with but um I think Bella made some really good like chili last week with quinoa yeah yeah um we're definitely trying and I I started out um also the beginning of quarantine um just trying to to um cook better um and then also like I was on like the trying out different workout videos um none of them really stuck with me (laughs) um they were all kind of just trends to to hop on but um yeah Kyle you'll have to let us know if hello fresh sends you a free box next week (laughs) we're sponsored we're sponsored That's the goal, right? That's where we're yeah. trying to get to. We we're manifesting it right now. We are. We're trying to get them on the pod. Yeah. <laughs> Our next outrage. No, but Bella's going to get back to me and let me know about the roasted vegetables. Oh, yeah. I have some zucchini in the fridge, and I I didn't. I bought it not knowing how I would cook it. Slice or it up. Throw some salt and pepper on there. Throw, like, whatever other, you know... I don't know what you, uh, maybe just Google what seasoning goes Just Google it. Just Google, no, no, like what seasonings? advice is just Google What seasonings? I mean, that's what I would do, but like what should I season zucchini with? And it'll tell you. Do you guys have like a cast iron skillet? Mm, Not cast iron. We have, we have a couple. We have a- Gotta get a cast iron skillet. Cast iron's key. Dutch oven's key. Mm. Game changer. Little veggies, olive oil, cast iron skillet. Yeah, I because then, don't you don't wash cast like the thing with seasoning a cast iron pan scares me. I I feel like that's also something that I'm gonna mess up when I'm trying to cook. Yeah, you're oh, really not supposed to wash them. Yeah, yeah, you just kind of wipe them down. They're supposed to like yeah. seep in the flavor from everything. It's all yeah. supposed to, yeah. But it's like they're just it right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Workout wise in the city, how has that been? So I've been here this week and it's been so rainy and gross. Have you been going out and? toughen it or just kind of doing in in apartment workouts so we actually alana and i woke up early this morning well early still later than what we would normally wake up for practice it felt early mm-hmm. i've been waking up at like 10 because i can um but we're a couple blocks down from riverside so we went down there to go work out on the the turf down in riverside that we've yeah. been practicing on which normally is great. And we thought nobody would be out there at like 8 a.m. on a ra- rainy, you know, Wednesday morning. There was a full field, like adult men's pickup soccer game going on. So we got pushed to the corner, had to do like our, our little circuit over there. Um, almost got hit with a soccer ball a couple times, but it was fine. Uh, but all in all, like the... <laughs> Better a soccer ball than a field hockey ball. Let's That's be true. real about that. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Um, the turf down there has been great though. We, we, work out uh over there a lot we see some of the football team there um we saw some of the men's soccer team down there so a lot of a lot of columbia athletes down in, in riverside these days what kind of workouts are you guys doing right now is it mostly circuit stuff body weight kind of thing yeah mostly body weight circuit stuff um because we still don't have an access access to a gym right now and um and so we're just trying to get creative in whatever way we can to strengthen condition, um, mainly body weight wise, um, for the time being. I was going to jump back. I was going to jump back to something Mike said because I was interested when he said it. Um, compare, like when he said it's much better than getting hit with a field hockey ball, right? Let's talk about that for a quick second. You have any like good stories, like? 
getting hit with a field hockey ball in either in practice or during a game and just like leaving with like a giant well I'm sure it had to have happened yeah Bella's um, shaking her head yes oh I've had so many injuries I don't even know where to start but so I broke my nose three times in high school twice once with a field hockey stick once with a field hockey ball and then last year in practice I got a ball popped up a defender stick hit me right in like in the eye and the nose and I thought I broke my nose at first. I luckily didn't because my mother would have killed me if I needed to get that fixed for the fourth time. Um, but <laughs> I got a pretty nasty black eye that lasted for like a week and it looked like I had gotten punched in the face. So I was walking around and our knuckles get all scraped up too because of the turf, um, just the way we play. So I was walking around with like bloody knuckles and a black eye and it looked like I had gotten into a street fight and I didn't win the street fight. So. <laughs> Nobody needs to know who won. Nobody <laughs> needs to know who won. It, it looked worse than it was, but yeah, I had, a, I had a big raccoon eye for like a week and a half. The security guard in front of McBain always asked me what happened, and I changed the story every other day. Like, <laughs> it made me sound better than it was. <laughs> it did not look like a good situation. Um, but besides that, I mean, that was probably worse. I don't even think anything of my, like, whenever I get pelted by a field hockey ball, it's, my legs are constantly bruised up, like, especially if we're, you know, during the week, um, every, like, at the end of the week, I already, I have a bunch all over, um, just because, you know, things get scrappy, especially, like, in the, in the circle, and so something's always popping up in practice, um, and, yeah, unfortunately, I'm the, I'm on the receiving end of that ball, so, um yeah kind of unfazed at this point but <laughs> what can you do I was gonna say like when uh it's gotta like in the cold especially when you're getting into like October and November do you even like are you so wrapped up in the game that you don't even feel it or you just like feel like you got bit by a bug or like do you have hits where like you get stung by the ball and you're just down um in a game you can kind of run it off the adrenaline tie you know it's it's fine um Sticks hurt more than balls, though. I, I got a stick to the kneecap once. I took a girl's backswing to my kneecap, and I hit the ground. I, like, I could not walk. It was, it was pretty bad. But that's, that, like, that's the only time I think that it happens. Most of the time, you just brush it off, and if you can walk, you're fine. And then you can start running again. Did you, how old were you when you started playing? I was in high school. So in California, the sport's not um, huge, especially in my area. Um, so I actually learned about the sport, um, going into my freshman year of high school and, um, my high school team actually had a team. So I decided to, to learn at tryouts and, um, to, to play. And so at that point they were pretty much looking to see if you're generally athletic and if you can pick up the sport at a relatively quickly, quick pace. And so, um, yeah, for me, it was, I was like 14. Um, so I started in fourth grade so how old are you then like seven nine or, or ten I, nine nine or ten nine or i ten. know this because my <laughs> wife is a fourth grade teacher that's why i know this yeah so nine, nine or ten i i feel like anything below fourth eighth grade I don't, I don't know how old you are at that point you're just like in the grade um but yeah they they started us young they gave us all the girls uh played field hockey in fourth grade at the grade school that i went to and we played it fourth grade all the way through did you like play it outside at recess or was it just in like gym class or yeah in, in gym class um 
we did like half of the fall like gym class season was field hockey in fourth grade and the other half was soccer um out on uh our little grass field i think back on like playing on grass and field hockey um or in high school and middle school and i don't know how in the world it we ever were able to do that especially when you get the the great turf that we have up at baker all right well we appreciate everybody's time bella alana we really i could do real quick have one time segment time (laughs) what what are you guys being for Halloween, one? And two, what would you be doing if you were on campus with practice for Halloween? Anything fun? Um, so we don't really have – this has been an ongoing problem for the past couple of weeks. We've been trying to figure out exactly what we're going to dress up as for Halloween, um, obviously, because we're together. Um, but we've just been floating ideas that haven't really – you know, we haven't actually gone so far to actually get costumes, put something together, or really think think it out clearly. Um, but we are going to figure that out soon. Um, and normally, if we were in season, we would all dress up, um, buy classes, um, and do something together. And we'd show up dressed up to practice, which is always a fun time. Is there anything on the table? What are you guys leaning towards? I keep tossing ideas out there that get shot down pretty much. <laughs> um, we have a lot of pigeons in our little our little apartment courtyard here, so I was saying we should dress up as the pigeons. It, it didn't go over well. Um, what else? How many are there? There's three of you? There's three of us, yeah. Hmm. I wish I had something else off my head just now, <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely don't. You can be the Mario Kart guys and ride around city on city bikes. We could. I've been saying that we should city bike more often now that we're here, but um, and have a little bit more time to do so. But um, that would be creative for sure. What's uh best Halloween costume at a field hockey practice in years past? Who takes the cake? Last year's seniors, or no, this current year's seniors. Last year's juniors. They dress up as our coaches and our trainer. And it was hilarious. They had the full outfit and then they hunted down um, pictures of them from college and taped <laughs> pictures of them to their back. So everyone dressed up as, as Katie, Sam, um, and Caroline and our trainer, Ted, who played baseball in college. So Grace dressed up as a baseball, as baseball player, Ted. Well, we hope everybody enjoys their Halloween, even though you're going to be listening to this after Halloween because right. it's field hockey takeover week. We'll have to have Bella and Alana back on to let us know what they actually dressed up as. Follow up. If we ever figure Epilogue. it. Yeah. yeah. Repeat so, guests. So we hope you're enjoying the takeover week. Stay tuned to Go Columbia Lions on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I hope you enjoyed the episode and we'll talk to you again next week. want to thank Bella and Alana again for joining us today. hope you guys have a good rest of the semester and hopefully we see you on the field soon. And for Kyle Matrician and Megan Ross, I'm Mike Kowalski. We'll talk to you next week. Catch up on all previous episodes of the broadcast by visiting gocolumbialliance.com slash podcast or visiting SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you wherever you take in your podcast, we're there. And once again, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening.